Hope everyone's having a great day. I'm Pastor Jones. This is The Road to the Show. And on this episode, we have the head baseball coach at Xavier University, Billy O'Connor, on. In this episode, Billy gets into what he implements for his program from a hitting and defensive perspective and gives some really good tips on um, what you specifically should be working on as a player or even as a coach, um, what they're implementing at Xavier, I think, is what pretty much every program should be implementing as well. Um, What to do as a recruit and what not to do specifically as well in terms of making recruiting videos, reaching out to coaches, um, just some really good stuff and good details. Um, I actually played for Billy at Xavier, so I can definitely attest to not just the knowledge that he knows of the game, but just how awesome the school is. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. So without further ado, Billy O'Connor. What's up, everybody? I'm Patrick Jones. This is The Road to the Show. Today we have head baseball coach of Xavier University, Billy O'Connor on. Billy, thanks for coming on. No problem. Appreciate you having me. So last night, I don't know if you were watching the Cubs Nationals, but there was a lot of managerial decisions that were questionable. As a head coach, do you watch uh, major league games and just kind of look at the decisions that are made kind of like a player would, um, like Bryce Harper, for example, or somebody like that? Sure, yeah. I think that um, ever since I was a player, I've always evaluated things from a, a not necessarily a managerial standpoint, but from a strategic stand, standpoint. And as a catcher, you know, it's, it's cliche to talk about there, the, the coach on the field, but you really are. And I think that that's part of, um, you know, what allowed me to be successful as a player, as I was. I thought along those lines, and then that's made a pretty easy transition into, into coaching, being able to think about those things all the time. So, yeah, it's interesting. that That's the beauty of baseball is that there are so many variables and there's so many decisions to be made along the way, um, and, and each each and every decision affects the next. And, you know, it, you can really play a, a big, big role. And if you look at what uh, Madden was able to do last night with the challenge and getting that out of first base, like – conversely compared to what Girardi did and didn't challenge the other night like that's that's swinging game in either direction so I do think that you can have an impact on a game as a manager with some of your decisions the game is is changing right there's a lot of saber metrics I had even had had on someone yesterday who's made a living pretty much talking about saber metrics do you are you going to implement any type of like analytics this year for your team or is it kind of just based off of just how you feel um, day to day yeah definitely and that that's something that I, I think that we have a very young staff and I think that we are very uh, um, technology savvy as much as we can be um, and, and you know there are limitations as far as what we can do and what we can afford to implement within our program but I think that we want to try to stay on the forefront of what we do do from a, te- a te- technological uh, statistical analytics side of things as much as possible so you know we've looked into TrackMan before in the past and that that's from a logistical standpoint it's tough for us just because it's not movable what we've what we've invested in is is uh, it's called Rapsodo. It really measures the, uh, the RPMs of spin rate, and I think to me that that's one of the the hidden things that that's I think it's going to move forward more for more towards the forefront of, of baseball and analytics and that kind of stuff. And it started it certainly has started to within uh, major leagues, but I think across the board it's going to because it's a hidden thing. You know, every every recruiting coach, every college coach has has a radar gun that can hold up and it says eighty eight or ninety or eighty six or ninety two, whatever it is. But it's tough to truly see. You certainly can't see with the naked eye spin rate, and I think that that's something that it's tough. And Coach Adi was just going through some TrackMan numbers online mm-hmm. as, as we were in there before. Um, but it's something that we've started to monitor within our, our program with our pitchers. 
not so much that you know once they're here we can't say oh well your spin rate's not good you can't pitch for us yeah. now. now it's it's a matter of how do we best implement what they can do uh, how do we work on things that, that help a spin rate so a, a higher spin rate guy on the fastball they want to be a, a more up in the zone a lower spin rate guy is going to be more of a sinker guy they need to be down so they can't to to our knowledge and, and you know i'm not a super expert in this field but you know they're not going to change who they are a whole lot from a spin rate but they can change how they go about their business and how they attack hitters. So I think that that's something that's been pretty interesting to us. We've used for the past couple of years. We've also got a Rapsoda hitting machine, which is on its way. Um, it, it's similar to the um, the hit tracks that, that kind of measures things, measures launch angle, um, exit velocity, distance, all that kind of stuff, which is which is really interesting to us. You know, I, I love the I love the defensive metrics that they show on, on MLB Network all the time. To me, that would be fascinating to do within our guys. And you know, being an outfielder, you know that it's tough to say for sure, like okay he's a really good outfielder in college or in high school or in summer ball because you all you have is did he catch it or did he not catch it you know outfielders really don't make that many errors it's not like they're dropping balls it's what balls do you get to and what balls do you not get to and it's tough to really quantify that in an, in an unbiased manner that oh he would have got to that he wouldn't have got to that without some of the information that they have with the uh um stack cast kind of stuff so i think that's really interesting we are not really able to implement yeah. it right now but i do think all the you know it's part of what makes baseball so interesting to me is that there are so many facets and so many aspects that you can continue to learn and continue to discover as you go through that's pretty interesting about the spin rate. i really didn't even know that um in terms of like a hitting philosophy is your have you guys adapted into like getting the ball like in the air you hear that all the time i'm sure i know you're on social media you see that all the time like never bunt ever again like what type what's your hitting philosophy here we have we've developed and, and since i coached you um you know personally i've developed and we've learned new things we've implemented new things and you know the stuff that i was taught as a player the stuff that i taught when i first started coaching is is really kind of the opposite end of the spectrum of what we teach right now we do we, we want guys to drive the ball in the air as much as possible it certainly certainly plays in our park with the smaller dimensions but it plays anywhere you know at the end of the day what i tell guys is you don't want um you know your perfect swing to line up and that first bounce to be 10 feet in front of the plate and then you're hoping it's not at the shortstop and it's in the sixth hole or out the middle you want that perfect swing to line up where it's hit over somebody's head um and you know we we recruit to that. We we teach that. We uh, we practice that. And, you know, if you watch our BP, our BPs are pretty ex- impressive. And it's it's not truly just a home run derby. But man, try to drive the ball out of the park. Home runs are really fun. Yeah, They're good for the yeah. team. Oh, and and I actually was watching. I was down the other day watching uh, practice, and you guys had some kids just hitting some. I mean, I thought we were hitting the ball like far when I was here, but it's like every kid it seemed like was just hitting on a victory. It is. It's crazy. You know, each year our field feels smaller and i think that's a good problem to have but it is you know i, I can remember when i was playing here like you know you had a guy that hit it over the screen in left field you're like oh wow yeah. now it's like oh you hit a home run that didn't go over the screen like uh, okay let me know when you do you right know? so it, it's been it's been cool and i think I, it makes sense from a logistical standpoint you know and for me as a guy and probably when i i know when i was coaching you like man i hated strikeouts so much and we talked about two strike approach and and we still talk about that and it's there's that that's something we work on but uh what i tell our guys is there's a time and a place when you can't strike out mm-hmm. you know it's man on third less than two outs infield's back we've got to have a ball in play you've got to have that in your arsenal that you know i am not going to strike out i'm going to move the ball i'm going to shorten up just put a ground ball in play and score a run for us and i think that's really important 
But, you know, if, if you're a guy that drives the ball out of the park and it's one out and nobody on base or two, certainly two outs and nobody on base, and, you know, it's either I'm going to swing and try to hit a double or a home run or I'm going to strike out, you know, the strikeout's not the worst thing in the world. And I, I don't want to be okay with, oh, yeah, we strike out 15 times a game or anything. But, you know, if you look at what we've done from an offensive standpoint, the home runs we've hit in the past years, we've hit a lot of home runs. We've struck out more than I would like probably, but at least they're going hand in hand. If you don't have the power to back it up, there's really no excuse for striking out. But we've kind of kind of elevated both a little bit. So we would like to cut back on strikeouts for sure while still maintaining the power numbers. But it is something that we've kind of changed our approach on a little bit. And are you guys still implementing, um, I guess, a little bit of like drag bunting? Yeah, and that, that that's still a weapon. We don't do a whole lot of sack bunting. Okay. Uh, we've we've got away from that uh, I, just because it it you know, and, and I'm not breaking any ground here, but it doesn't make sense to give outs away. You know, it really doesn't. And I, I think that. The idea of a drag bunt, you're still accomplishing something um, if you're moving that runner and you're giving yourself the chance of getting a base hit. And it's a weapon. You know, it changes what the de- how the defense defends you, especially if you're a pool ground guy as a right-handed hitter. If that third baseman's got to be 10, 15 feet closer to you, that's a lot less range that he has to hit a ground or to get a ground ball that's hit his way. So, yeah, that that's a weapon. That's something I talk about in, in recruiting a lot is that – my ideal guy we want really good athletes but I, I want a guy that can drive the ball out of the park and then the next day be put a drag bunt down for a base hit like how, how do you defend that you know and I, I don't know if you remember specifically like Seton Hall that first year we played up there man they were good you yeah. know they could yeah. punt they could drive the ball out like it was like really good lineup really good athletes one through nine in the lineup and that's really what we've tried to create here it's I mean it's such it's so hard to defend I remember even this past summer I was in a slump and you know I'm not the fastest guy in the world but I just I laid one down and I mean, it's almost a hit every time if you do it correctly. Seriously, yeah, and if not, it's a strike. You yeah. know, it shouldn't be an out. So, yeah, it's it's something we work out work with with uh, really every guy on our team. That's your first year as head coach. You guys had obviously had a very successful season last year. What can everyone expect from you guys this year in 2018? I'm excited to see. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a different team. Uh, we lost a lot of a lot of innings more so than anything uh, that we're going to replace with some young, some young guys. Um, we have the right guys to do it. You know, the the thing is, that I'm sure you remember being a freshman. I remember being a freshman. Sometimes you make things a bigger deal than they actually are, and you speed the game up, and you make you get a, you overwhelm yourself more than the game overwhelms you. Um, so, you know, it, it's not it's not scary for me because I know we have the right guys to really be successful on the mound. But you know, it, it's it's our job to really prepare them to be ready to go. When you go down to Florida State that opening weekend and, and go against them, that that's going to be a hostile environment. Yeah. A lot of fans, a lot of fans yelling at you against a really good team. You know how how can we create that that setting prior to that to get them ready to go down there so it's not a, a freak out when they get out on the mound for the first time. I think we have the right guys. I, I feel very confident, um, very positive that that we're, they're going to be ready to go um but you know it, it's going to be they're, they're going to be thrown into the fire a little bit no, i'm excited to see because it, it is it's the right guys it's not guys that are throwing 78 80 and they got no chance yeah. these are really talented guys it's just let's go time to time to grow up time to yeah. play at that division one level so from an offensive standpoint i think we return a lot you know obviously losing a, a couple of uh, seniors particularly bannon in the middle of the lineup it, it, there's there's no way to replace what he brought to the table but i do think that collectively we can replicate, if not better, what we did as an offense last year, just because I think that we're really going to have some depth with uh, with a really powerful lineup. Are there any? Is there anything that's maybe like surprised you since this is your first year as a head coach? Is there anything that like, man, I really didn't think it would be like this, or I'd feel this type of maybe pressure and this, you know, since you're, you know, it, everything goes through you now, right? 
You know, not really. Uh, and that, that's been a common question, uh, kind of phrased a lot of times, like, what's different? What's changed now that you're a head coach? And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm the, the final, the ultimate decision maker, and that has changed. Um, but the, the, the thing that's allowed me to feel comfortable in the role that I'm in um, to, to ease that transition is that Coach Guggins was, was so good at giving me responsibility and allowing me to make decisions and allowing me to have input in, in what we were doing, and Coach Adi as well, too. And, you know, that's why I think he's really prepared to, to do the same thing that I'm doing right now, too. Um, but it hasn't been like, man, you know, I, I don't know how to – you know, I don't know how to do the budget. Yeah. I don't know how to work with compliance, or I don't know how to do travel or schedule. Those are things that we've been working on. I've been working on um, since I got here as an assistant. So, again, the, the the final decisions are flowing through me a little bit. But besides that, from a day to day responsibility, it hasn't changed drastically. So it's been an easy easier transition. You know, there's more more speaking roles in front of the yeah. team for me. Um, but uh, but that that's probably the thing that and then the, the fundraising aspect as well a little bit too. But besides that, it's been a pretty smooth transition. I mean, you've been an assistant coach for quite a while. Sometime there's it seems like it's like really hard to get a full time assistant a college coaching position. I mean, you were a volunteer for what two or three years? Three years, yeah. Three years. Like, what advice would you give to someone who is out there just grinding? And obviously, you know, we know people who are doing volunteers here there like what advice would you give to someone who's who wants to become a full-time coach yeah i mean it, you, it's got to be a passion of yours you can't be one foot in and one foot out for sure because it is going to take time it is going to take a, a lot of work um but from a concrete standpoint i would say the biggest thing is network get to know people um you know for me even going through when i was hired and now i had to hire some people um i relied on my network a lot to um to to fill out my staff and you know i got a lot of resumes emailed i got a lot of people that i didn't know reaching out and, and it's tough to make that leap and i'm not saying i did it the right way but i think that I, i'm kind of normal in that regard that i want to be confident i want to feel comfortable in the decision that i'm making and you know when you rely on people that are already in your network and you trust and they say hey man i, I got this guy that that I, I really trust he's really good i think you should take some time and talk with him that makes my job easy that makes any job easier and i think that uh, the more people that you can really get to know and um, go out of your way and for me that's that wasn't something that i was really comfortable doing and I, i'm not nat- naturally that um, gregarious naturally that outward that uh that outgoing of a person so getting into this industry is something I, I felt that i really needed to work on and get better at is, is going out of my way to talk to people and get to know people and get to meet new people and, and i think that i have gotten better i still need to get better at it for sure but i do think building that that network um that that's every bit as important as building that resume you know and i, I do think that you know, as a coach starting out, I think it's important to be in a, a setting where you can grow. Uh, that that was so beneficial for me to, to work under Coach Guggins for, to, for him to give me the responsibilities that, that that he gave me and allow me to allow me to fail so that I can learn from those mistakes. And that that's something that I hope to do and I try to do with my young staff right now is, is give them leeway. You know, I, you were there when I first started. I, I made mistakes along the way, and, and, and hopefully I learned from. It. And that's the same thing I talk about with our guys. Like, man, you're, you're going to make mistakes, and I'm, I'm not a guy that's going to jump them for every mistake they they make. But but learn from it. Don't repeat your mistakes because at that point, then we are going to have some issues. And it's the same thing with coaching. Like, you don't. There's no handbook exactly the best way to do this, the best way to do that. And along the way, there's going to be some mistakes, but but learn from it and grow and, and be a better person and, and better coach along the way. But I, I think that if you go at it with, man, I want to work as hard as I possibly can. I want to give these guys the best experience I possibly can. And, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to, to make that happen. You know, you're going to go at it with the right mindset and it's going to, going to work out eventually. Well, one of the things that I actually saw that was pretty interesting um, 
speaking of that is, you know, even though this is you are the head coach now, I've seen you actually take recruits around, show them around. Um, what do you guys look for specifically in a recruit? Yeah, so um, that's a good question when we get all the time, and it, I, I never have a great answer for it, and, and it varies. Or I guess um, maybe like why, why should a recruit choose Xavier, I guess. Maybe okay, that that's it. Oh, boy. Oh. That's what happens when you get a motion Uh-oh. detector and you don't move. Uh-oh. We're still here, right, Periscope. We're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Live stream. Um, Xavier's an unbelievable school. And, and for me, uh, part of why I love my job is that the, the university that I get to, to get to represent. And, and just as, as it's easy for you probably to talk about how great of a school Xavier is and what a great experience you had, it's easy for me, too, because I went through it. You know, I went to school here. I played here. I had some great times, great memories, great experiences. And now um, getting to represent the school is pretty cool. So, you know, from from a – from a standpoint of recruiting, I don't, from an academic and athletic standpoint, the success that we've had in both those fronts, I don't know if there's another school in the country that's doing what we are, we're doing right now to go to back-to-back regional finals while also having, you know, a smaller enrollment, the f- profile that we have as a school, uh, the small class sizes, the high academics. Uh, it, it's not an easy thing for us to, it's not an easy thing for anybody to do in something we've done really well. So, you know, we definitely cater to kids that care about their academics, you know, and it's it's not so crazily academic that we don't also really care about baseball and to me and and you having gone through it as well too i think that's what makes xavier special is you can really succeed in both areas have a great baseball experience and play high level baseball and really accomplish a lot of things baseball wise while still getting a great education getting a great degree and and being able to work at both of those without one of them being so overwhelming that it affects the other so um you know i think that 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 in a nutshell is is what makes xavier pretty special and, and things quite honestly since you graduated and definitely since when I, when I graduated in 2009 things have gotten a lot better you yeah. know the resources that we have available to us with the new weight room the new training room the new academic center all the stuff that's going in Cintas, the business school the dining hall the the library what we're going to have going on soon with our locker room and out at the field like there are a lot of resources there and there's really no cap to how successful any individual can be you know if you're willing to work it's not like ah oh, man if we if we had this academic center i could really do well academically we got it you know we've yeah. got all those it's not like oh, if i really had a good weight room you know i'd put on another 10 pounds it's there you know there's nothing lacking what's important to us is and this is getting back to the original question kind of it's having the right guys in the program guys that really want to work guys that really are, are driven to succeed and have that work ethic built in that you know it's not just about you know i want to be a big league player great what are you doing to be a big league player besides wanting it you know yeah. i want to go to omaha well if i don't act on that if i don't busted out on the recruiting trail if i don't work to develop our guys if, if i don't take care of if then, then it's not going to happen and same thing with the players you know you want to be a big league player that that's great but you got to work every day like you're a big leaguer you know and it can't be that oh well you know my junior year i think that you know i think i'm going to get drafted like no it starts day one yeah. you got to put in the work in the weight room you got to put put in the work out on the field you got to put in the work the mental game stuff taking care of your body those are things that that not every kid no quite honestly a lot of kids don't understand but it's something that we really try to identify as kids that get it kids that understand that they are in control of how good they can be and how how much they work is ultimately going to dictate how successful they are and that that's something that we believe within this program that the more work you in, put in the more successful you're going to be and it's not always not always instantaneous it's not always going to be you know I work really hard in the weight room on a Monday and then on Tuesday I weigh 15 pounds more and I can bench 50 pounds more like that's not how it yeah. works it's day after day after day after day but ultimately those results or the, the work is going to turn into to positive results so 
that's important to us from a, a recruiting standpoint, finding those guys from a, a concrete, what we're looking for, we really like athleticism. You know, like I talked about, I like guys can drive out, drive the ball out of the park, put down a bunt, steal a bag, you know, doing all those things that, that lends itself to, to what we want to do from an offensive approach, uh, from a defensive standpoint, being able to move around laterally and being really good defensively. Like guys throw the ball hard, you know? <laughs> as hard as possible. No, no secret there for sure. But uh, um, you know, it, we like guys that do things aggressively across the board. I think that that's something that we've really taken to heart. Is that we want to be the aggressor, you know, in, in the way that we play the game, the way that we approach each at bat, the way that we approach each hitter um, on the mound. Um, you know, to be the, we want to be the aggressor in the situation. Yeah, just piggybacking on a few things that you were talking about. I mean, one of the things that I, I really love about Xavier, and I definitely I took full advantage, is the academic support system. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is incredible how much, you know, and just the campus size as well. Like, it's a small campus, but it's big enough where, you know, you're not going to see someone one day, and the next, you know, you're never going to see them again. Right, or sure. And you, the other thing is, you know, you're in classes, and a lot of your teammates are in the same classes too. Sure. So you get to do that thing. Um, speaking of, you know, piggybacking again on recruiting how how much do you guys put into like the the you know pbr events perfect game events or is it do you think that players should focus more on like going to like the xavier camp basically tomorrow for example (laughs) (laughs) all people should sign up for the xavier Xavier camp camp tomorrow tomorrow. every single yeah Yeah. um I, i think it i think it's both you know i think uh I think it's dangerous for us to go purely to showcase events and recruit kids from there without seeing them play in a game and how they, you know, how they interact in a, a game situation with their teammates, how they interact with the umpires, how they play the game. Um, you know, I think that's dangerous. But also, I do think that that there are value to campus. Uh, school camps or, or PBR showcases because it does allow us to get the measurables. You know, we can go out to watch a high school game sometimes and the kid can walk four times and not get any balls at shortstop. And it's like, okay, what do you, yeah, <laughs> what do you, yeah. what's my evaluation of this kid at, at this point? So, you know, I think that helps with some of the measurables and measurables factor in, but measurables aren't the only thing that we look at in recruiting. So I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that any kid should go to, you know, 20 different PBR events. Uh, what I tell kids a lot of times is it's better to be, it's better to not be seen than it is to be seen poorly. So if you're not ready to really go out there and showcase yourself, don't go, you know, because if I go out and I see a kid throwing 76 miles an hour, we can't recruit him. If yeah. I don't see him, well, you know, I still need to go see him at yeah. that point, you know? Um, so that, that's something I think it's good to, you know, through as you take, you know, maybe in the summer and then you work out through the winter, you get better. You Some of your, your 60 time goes down. You know, you start having a higher exit velocity. You throw harder off the mound. You go to that next one to show people where the progress you've made and what you've been able to accomplish. But, you know, if you're 80 in the spring and you go to a showcase and you're 80 in the summer and you go to a showcase and you're 80 in the fall, like you're not doing any good at that point. Like everybody's seen you for the most part you yeah. just you need to work on getting better at that point so there, there's value to him for sure but i think our strategy is we want to see everything we'll go to the showcases certainly but we definitely want to go and watch kids play too if a kid comes to like your camp specifically or do, i mean does that help because now you know that they're interested in the program as definitely well? yeah and that, that's something i tell kids as well too that if you have specific interest in any school going to their camps is one of the best way to make sure that you're going to be seen like there's no guarantees you know again if you come you really want to come play baseball at xavier and you know you're a senior in high school and you come here and you throw 74 miles an hour like man that thanks for coming but we can't really that that's not a division one pitcher um 
But, you know, if you want to make sure that, that Xavier is going to see you coming to the camp and playing in front of us, we're going to see you. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not, you know <laughs> we're having somebody else run this camp for us. We're there. We're going to watch. We're going to evaluate and do the whole thing. So, yeah, I definitely think that that's something that's important. I actually had a kid uh, send me a message last night because um, I told him that I was going to interview you. And one of his questions was, what if um, that they, uh, he couldn't afford to go to a showcase or something like that? Um, what would be the next best thing that he could do, like make a video and send it, or how would that? I don't know if you guys look at videos. Definitely. I, I Literally, since I've got the job, I've watched every video, video that's ever been sent to me. Um, and, and I will tell you, him and you and, and anybody listening and watching, it, it doesn't have to be super high production value. you know. And I don't need a 25-minute – I certainly don't need a 25-minute long video. <laughs> yeah, how long would it be like – a couple a minute, minutes, a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah you know, because yeah. we do. We get a lot of emails, and, and you know, we can't sit there and watch the full length of the video. So, you know, just taking some video on your iPhone, just you know, taking some swings of BP, a couple swings off the tee, and then some positional stuff. If you're an infielder, some ground balls. If you're a catcher, some receiving, some blocking, some throwing. An outfielder making some throws, moving around. Maybe a sixty on there would be good as well too. Do you, do you guys take sixties like really seriously, or is it more like home to first? I don't mean to. I just like I was no, pretty curious it's, about it's, that. It's 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 everything you know i mean there are guys that run a 6660 and, and that speed doesn't translate to the game there's guys that run a 6960 and it's like man that guy's a burner i don't know you know so it's another measurable uh, we look at the measurables but we aren't basing everything off the measurables if that makes sense so so yeah but back to the video just a, a quick minute minute and a half send it to a coach and make it a, a personalized email as well too that's the thing that i'll say you know when i get an email and it's got in the the two box every coach from uc miami nku <laughs> Wright state ohio state dayton indiana and it says coach i really want to come to your school uh, okay you can't really want to come yeah. to 20 different schools you know take the time to put coach o'connor i saw you guys had a good year congrats on going to another regional championship um I really have a lot of interest that to me that I notice those a lot more than the ones that I can tell went out to 150 different coaches. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's interesting that you, you know, make sure you watch every single video um, from like pitchers who are sending in videos. Would you say like, just try to throw as hard as you possibly can? <laughs> like see, hopefully coach, I will like that. Yeah. Um, it, it is, it's good. And some kids do it and some kids don't, but you know, when they send in a pitching video, if there is a radar gun pointed and you can see what that number yeah. says, because you know, you watch a video and it's like, okay, is that 82? Is that 88? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big difference with how we're going to recruit. So yeah, I mean, we, we look to see how the arm works, how the body works, um, general command, uh, of how they're pitching, um, how the breaking ball works a little bit. I do think pitching is a little bit tougher to evaluate through video than, uh, than hitting is though. One last question. Then we'll let you get going here. What's your prediction for the 2018 team? Omaha. Omaha. That, that, that's the only that's that's what we've talked about since we got here, and you know that was something that came up in the interview process. Is what would be your first message to the team if, if you got the job? And I said, you know, we lost a lot last year, but this is not a rebuilding year. You know, we're, we're good enough and we're talented enough that, that my goal is to take that next step. And you know, we've been to back to back regional uh, regional championships or regional finals. The next step is a super. The next step is Omaha. And, you know that that's my expectation. And I know I'm well aware that uh, progress is not always a straight line. You know, and sometimes you'll go forward, sometimes you'll step back. As long as you're moving in the the right direction, cumulatively, I think that's important. But to say that my goal is anything less than taking that next step to a super to Omaha is is not true because we've got the right guys to do it. And I, I just want to make sure that the guys within our program and, and, and people that care about this program like that. 
we're not planning on taking and rebuilding it just because we had four guys drafted last year and two of our incoming guys drafted as well too that that's awesome and that's a great accomplishment but I think we've got the talent within our program that we're going to take that next step forward this year yeah I mean when I was here you know we went to the regional and it was like you know awesome we're at the regional and then you know after I left you guys went to two more regionals so it's like you know you can get to the real like now it's time like you said take that next step because you know you have you know you can play with anybody or get to omaha so well i really appreciate you stopping by today um for those listening and those watching uh, make sure to follow xavier musketeers this year and uh thanks again billy for stopping by no problem thanks pat